Plosive. <laughs> Plosives. Yeah. Plosives are in effect. Gentlemen, Ooh. how are we today, tonight, whatever? Oi, yay. Doing hey. pretty good. Yep. You good? And, indeed. Looks yes, sunny sir. where you are. Where are you? I, uh, yeah. Ah. <laughs> well, that, that music just started playing in the background. That's yeah, no, know. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It, no matter where I go here. So I'm actually, uh, I'm in Hawaii. Ooh, ah, that makes sense. That, that explains yeah, yeah, yeah. the ukulele. <laughs> That's right. That's like, and slide guitar. Yeah, actually, somebody who I was here with was like, oh, yeah, th- y- you've never been here before, but there, there's always live music, you know? They're always playing, like, Hawaiian <laughs> 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 it's like, it's like a jo- It's like a genre, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's true. It's true. <laughs> but, but uh, mm-hmm. no, it's my first time here in Hawaii, and I got to say, it's, it's fantastic. It's beautiful. Um, the weather's all right out there? Yeah, it's pretty gorgeous. Uh, a little windy. <laughs> Actually, ah, okay, um, mm-hmm. but you know, but sunny and gorgeous, and you know, um, I am on the west uh, side of like the western shore of Oahu. Mm. Oahu, uh, yeah, Oahu. Excuse me, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still learning all the names. It's <laughs> a lot of islands, yeah. a lot of vowels. Yeah, lots of vowels. How's the, back, yeah. how's the background Wait. music treating you? Where you at? It's, uh, well, it's, actually, a lot of been a lot of people have been complaining about the sound system here. Oh, no. But um, oh, no. apparently, oh. somebody named uh, <laughs> apparently it was set up by some guy. He, uh, you know, and his life's a blur. You know, you know, uh, <laughs> exactly. He came over there. He, they he, gave him one too many, you know, cocktails, and he yeah, set up yeah. the sound system. One, so. Too many mai tais. <laughs> got the, the wires crossed. There's, yeah. there's wires everywhere. Yeah. So actually, if, 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 if listeners didn't hear, uh, our own Jay actually uh, installed the sound system at the hotel that I'm staying at. <laughs> well, Is that correct? I, I should. I, well, did not install. I'm, I'm sorry, not a, a sorry, wire puller I, anymore. I I designed, designed, pointed and uh, pointed and commanded. I designed it, pointed and commanded um, the sound system to be installed at the very nice resort that Greg is staying at mm. in uh, in Oahu. That's and right. that was man, that was so much fun. I once you told me where you were going, and it you know the you know the it lights flashed, and we, yeah. we it all clicked. Uh, I had to pull up all the pictures of that trip because that was just one of the most fun trips I've ever been on for work. Oh so, man, yeah, yeah. So every single any any time you're traipsing down around the pool, around the you know the the spa huts down you're, there, you're an excellent. You know, trip, or too. at any of the outdoor bars, or the indoor bars, anywhere you're hearing background music. That is that is my design, sir. Amazing. Well, I was just kidding about the complaints. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, 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 so far, so good. For the but amount of money they spent on it, they should be. <laughs> right. Well, the amount, the amount of money they're charging for everything here. You know, it's better sound. Got to pay the bills. That's right. What was really funny about that is when, while I was there, I got to meet the guy. There was a guy there who I designed, you know, the, the technical sound system itself. But I got to meet the guy who designed, like, the sound programming. The, actually, the, the background music program. Oh, I see. Oh, wow. The guy who picked all the songs for everything. Gotcha. He was this very hip dude from New York, and uh, it was really, hmm. really cool just to meet him and like get to pick his brain on like what it's like to design bespoke Playlists. background yeah. music, <laughs> you know, playlists for, right. yeah. for well, it's like four a D- star resorts. It's like a DJ who's not physically there. Right. Exactly. Exactly that. Hmm. Yeah. No, it was That's fascinating. Yeah. Very cool. Well, uh, you know, it's been it's been rad. So um, I'll be here all week, <laughs> as they say. But what about you guys? <laughs> Who's yeah? What, what what how was how was your weekend, Nick? My weekend was good. It was good. Yeah, 
Uh, Charlie had a game yesterday. It was actually a pretty low-key weekend. Nothing, cool. Nothing crazy. It's, yeah, nice. good times. Good times. Yeah, you seem rested and focused and Feeling clear. pretty good. I'm here. Present. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Present. Yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Jay. Yeah, uh, good weekend. <sighs> Tough soccer game for the boys. Uh, had a 1-1 tie going into the uh, fourth quarter when um, our goalkeeper made an incredible save, like an Ooh. incredible save out of nowhere. That's fantastic. And uh, held onto the ball, but the force of the kick uh, like knocked him back, and so the oh. ball went partially over the line, and the 13-year-old ref awarded him a goal. <laughs> like even the other coach was like, no, come on, that's not a goal. Come on. And the ref actually apologized to me afterwards. Uh, so, had a little bit of a meltdown on the sidelines, but uh, didn't you know? Didn't use any curse words or expletives. Um, that's good. You know, and I told my guys, I was like, "Hey guys, listen, that was a heck of a sla- save." It's in in my mind, that was a tie. So, mm-hmm. but technically, it was it was another loss for the team. But so we got one more, one more to right the ship before the All season's right. over. All right, but uh, yeah. Other than that, it was a, it was a fun weekend, but um, excited to get to catch up with you guys. Got to listen Indeed. to a bunch of good music. and uh, Cool. So, uh, yeah. I think we're caught up. What do you say we get this party started, boys? Let's do it. Let's do it. You should check it Yes, that's right. You are tuned in. You should check it out. Contesting 13-year-old referee's decisions. <laughs> Since 2018. You've got to be careful about that. Mm. Well, you would have been there. You would have done the same thing. There's some sort of ref system here that there was like a big seminar that they had to give the parents that any time a parent was heard disagreeing with a referee's mm-hmm. uh, decision, first time the coach gets a yellow card, second time I would coach, have taken, coach gets a I would have taken that yellow card happily. Sure, sure. <laughs> you fuck with me, you get yeah. fucked with me, okay? <laughs> you know, he chipped my horn. All right. <laughs> All right. It was a good save. It was a good save. <laughs> it was a good save. No, happy to be here with you. This is uh, excellent. We got an excellent show for you tonight. This is uh, episode 222. 222 of the You Should Check It Out podcast coming at you on a beautiful Thursday. My name is Jay. I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. We have an awesome show for you tonight. Greg is leading things off from the uh, lovely tropical paradise that is the island of Oahu, and he will be talking about a uh, an album, a classic album, that reached its, what, 30th anniversary? Don't tell me. 30. Dirty 30. Oh, wow. Dirty 30. Oof. Yeesh. Wow. I know, right? So, uh, let's see, and I'm going to be talking about a band, a classic band, an older band than that, um, that has been in the news lately because they've reissued some stuff. We're just talking about some reissues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a trifecta of reissues tonight because Nick... He's talking about an even older band than that. Wow. No that reissue here. New, it's and not a couple, reissue, but came out with some new music. Yeah. yeah. A couple of old men over here. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Old, older, oldest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> Speaking of which, about to turn 42. Oh, this yeah, week, yeah. By the time this podcast is out, I'll be oh there. So. <clears throat> really? <clears throat> almost. Yeah. yeah. Almost there. Wow. Well, happy birthday. Hey, thanks. Appreciate it. Happy yeah. I'm feeling good. I, I, you know, I didn't think I'd feel this spry when I was turned 42. You really, yeah. you spent so much of 40 feeling bad for yourself that you, you have to feel better, you know? That's <laughs> yeah. true. When you're as low as I was, it's all uphill. <laughs> now he's, now uh, he's all vibrant and 
hot-headed mm. on the sidelines of the oh, kids' soccer game. Screaming at 13-year-old refs. <laughs> Slamming his <laughs> clipboard on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> My Honey, I'll be in the car. All must. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the back of it was untucked. It was ridiculous. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my hey dude my hey dude shoes were just run through the mud you should have mm. seen them oh. alright enough about me Greg Loman what you got for us buddy hey now uh, so I was uh, you know clicking around on the old interwebs as I do and uh-huh. uh, got targeted with uh, a recent interview uh, it was Conan O'Brien who sat down with Dave Grohl Chris Novoselic and Steve Albine, Albini Oh, okay. yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. And I've only seen, like, clips, although I've seen several clips now of this interview, and it's probably on a... I think it's on Conan's podcast, so I should just yeah. listen to that. But it was cool to see the video. Um, and they were... Uh, they had gotten together to talk about the 30th anniversary of the Nirvana album, In Utero. Wow. Nice. That's a good one. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so 1993, that album came out. Yeah, baby. For me, personally, it was kind of one of those, like, a bomb went off moments. Um, I was at a friend's house for a sleepover, and it was strange because this, this kid, he didn't normally invite me over. This one weekend, he was like, hey, you want to come over? We're having a bunch of, you know, friends. And I was like, okay, cool, you know, and they had MTV, the MTZ. The MTZ. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so they did, like, a top 10 video countdown. And in that video countdown, for, I was really interested at this point because I had been starting to listen to the radio and like start mm-hmm. to get mm-hmm. really wanted to get like up on music. And um, it was really starting to fire off all the synapses in my brain or whatever, you know. Sure. Um, and really what I wanted to see was Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I wanted to see them on the countdown and I figured they might be on there because they were getting really popular. Right. And I kept hearing sure. them on the radio. And I'd never seen a, vi- a music video of theirs. You know, I'd never seen them, like, in action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. Let Me Ride is, is in the yeah. countdown. And I'm just like, whoa, <laughs> man, this is amazing. Look at these guys. Look at these car bouncing cars. Holy shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then it was like, next up on the countdown was Heart Shaped Box. Okay. And that, and, but then I, what I realized at the time was... Well, it wasn't until a few weeks after, or a week after I saw this video, but I kind of couldn't stop thinking about it, you know? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I saw the video, and I was like, that was, it was just so intense. I mean, like, have you ever seen that video? Go back, like, yeah. go back and watch it now. It's, like, almost hard to watch. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but uh, it's pretty creepy, and, like, the lyrics are, I don't know. They're either, you know, they're in that, that, that Cobain, like, they either mean something very specific or they mean mm-hmm. nothing and you can't yeah. really tell you know yeah, it, yeah. Um, they're like the cobain liminal space that like <laughs> only he occupies where yeah it's bleach it's, and yeah. dirt makes sense somehow yeah. yes so um i couldn't stop thinking about it i asked my dad to buy me the cassette i only had maybe like one other one or two other cassettes if if any at that time and he graciously came, he didn't even say yes or no. He just like heard me mm-hmm. <laughs> ask him. And then he came back from work where he had, he had, he had a Borders Books and Music next to his office. Uh, he oh, came back. Yeah. And he, and he came, he like came from work. I was in my room and he like opened the door and he gave me the cassette of In Utero. Nice. And I was That's like, so thanks. Cool. Thanks, Dad. And then he, uh, but then he flipped it over and he pointed to the song Rape Me. 
Ah, oh, yeah. the, the tie, you know, and he goes, don't show this to your mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I dude, I, I got, I, I clearly remember buying that. I think it was a CD. It must have been one of the very first CDs I ever bought myself from Kmart. Oh. Kmart in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania. Yeah. And because uh, I had just gotten a Walkman for Christmas, like one of the or like disc a disc man for Christmas. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, that was one of those like, yeah, you don't don't show Debbie Flager that. Uh, but at the no, same time, no. there was one of you the key things. You intuitively knew not to show mom. But one of the key things, though, is that even though that was on there, there was no parental advisory. It's true. Right. And you know, I had tried to get like a Guns N' Roses like Use Your Illusion two before that, and they actually turned. I actually got turned down. Like my parents were like, "No, nah, we can't get that for you. You know, you're just not old <laughs> enough." Oh, so, so, but lucky. I, but, but they got me in utero, and um, man, as you can imagine, I put it. You know, I just put it on my Walkman, and then that was it. Then like the bomb really went off. Yeah. Because now I'm listening to this record, and it's like you know a classic record now. Um, every song on it ha- is is a worthy part of the short Nirvana discography. Sure. Um, you know, I'm sure most people would be aware, but I think like six months after this album was released, Kurt Cobain committed suicide. Right. Yep. Um, and uh, so anyway, anytime through the years, it's been like 10, you know, 20th anniversary, 30th anniversary, you know, they just put out this huge like deluxe vinyl package and all that. Um, I obviously already have like a nice pressing of in utero. I'm very happy with, and I don't mm-hmm. need like some, you know. Oh, but uh, but I did see a uh, unboxing of it, you know, as part of like the sure. ad campaign for this, and it looks incredible. You know, like, like mm-hmm. they really put together a beautiful package for it. Um, and you guys accuse the Rolling Stones of cashing in. Hey, <laughs> I, I'm not saying they're not, <laughs> but um, guilty as charged. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, but one thing that is very cool, and now. A lot of this stuff is actually has been released, but they keep remastering it. There's actually some other songs that didn't make the album, and oh. um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with some of these, but I thought we could take a moment and listen to a few clips. Uh, yeah, of some of the songs that uh, didn't make the record that totally could have. And oh, yeah. you know, again, we have so little of Nirvana, really, when you when you compare it to the Rolling Stones. Um, yeah. We have so little of it. When you compare it to any famous band, really. I, right, right. I mean, they were only really uh, active for like four years. Yeah. Um, so anyway, let's listen to um, part of a, a song that actually had a few names. When I first heard it in middle school, it was called Verse, Chorus, Verse. Okay. Uh, Thank God. Okay. Okay. I'll What's explain that? later. Okay. Because <laughs> I didn't get mixed this. up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. Because okay. I knew the song, but I didn't know this title. Right. But uh, the, the title that they ended up going with is Sappy. It just brings back a lot of memories because this wasn't on the album, but a very dear friend of mine, he would get these, like, he would find all the rarities somehow, you know, and, <laughs> and then I would, like, dub them on cassettes from him. And nice. he had a copy of this. So this is uh, the song Sappy. I actually I requested Jay start it in the middle so you could hear Kurt's guitar solo on it. Which I think is one of his best guitar solos. Oh, all right. Uh, so anyway, give 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 this one a spin.
Ben. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic. You know the famous GE quote, right? GE Smith? What's that? When he saw him, uh, when Nirvana was, was on um, Saturday Night Live, of course, GE Smith was the band leader then. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, like after he played, I guess they opened with Smells Like Teen Spirit. It was probably the first song they played. And he plays the solo. And the, the story is that GE Smith turned to like one of his bandmates and like, that man can really play guitar. Which is kind of remarkable because mm-hmm. that solo is simple, right? Mm-hmm. And he mu- usually butchered it. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, <laughs> he really does. But, like it, but yeah. G, for some reason, saw something in, and heard something in, in that solo. That oh, yeah. Well, he, he knows, obviously, he's incredible. He's been around. Ear. Yeah. Been around, yeah. So, yeah, uh, it's just, you know, for me, um, these recordings are, are really special. Um, especially because, again, they're, they're in the rare... Like, not everyone has heard these songs. Like, most people have heard the album In Utero from our generation. You know, it was just a massive, massive sure. uh, record. Um, but I'm going to play you uh, one more. This one I actually had a copy of because this was on the Beavis and Butthead Experience soundtrack. <laughs> so I had this on cassette. It's part of the reason why I bought it. Nice. Um, this was actually also the, one of the original uh, possible album titles for in utero i think the the record label is like no way <laughs> oh uh this song is called i hate myself and i want to die Dave Dave Grohl harmony, yeah. On that, the amazing so thing raw. about this album, man. Exactly, Nick. Now, I didn't know this. I didn't know anything about. I had very small window into the music world. Hadn't heard a whole bunch of albums. Um, certainly not a lot of rock albums um, before I heard this album. Didn't know who Steve Albini was, or what his ethos <laughs> was, or what indie music was, or any of that stuff. But I knew. This album sounded different than everything else, you know. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I didn't know what that was until many, 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 many years later. But it is remarkable that they went with this approach and that producer, um, engineer, to make this album. And it sounds, I mean, it's so cool to hear a band at the very top of their craft 
basically just recording live with very few microphones in the room, very few overdubs. It's just such a rare thing. It's such a cool document of the of the time, I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and I think it was very influential for that reason. And I know for myself and probably for you, Jay, and, and, and Nick, that it started, it made, led me down the path of like, well, they say that, the, you know, this band, the Pixies, inspired them. I'm going to listen yep. to them now, you know? And it's like, I get a copy of Doolittle, and I'm like, oh, this is rocks, you know? Or, or right. Yep. You know, and, but the, yeah, the, the, the band, uh, the Nirvana guys, you know, worshipped Steve Albini and his records. And in, in, the, uh, in the Conan interview, uh, Conan shares a story that he'd heard that they were in the van somewhere, uh, that the band was in the van, and, you know, mm-hmm. they're listening to Surfer Rosa by the Pixies, mm-hmm. and, like, Kurt, you know, just, like, declared, you know, like, like put his finger up in the air, like, this will be our snare sound, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and that's a Steve Albini uh, album, I believe. So, yeah. anyway, um, yeah, massively influential. It, 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 t- it took a band with this massive pedestal, because they had just sold, what, bazillion copies yep. of Nevermind, Nevermind out of nowhere, yeah. and... Uh, you know, instead of being like, well, let's just do that again. Yeah. You know, they decided, well, actually, no, we're going to, that was too slick. Right. He felt you know, like they sold out, right? Yeah. There was definitely a lot of that guilt. And I think that for Kurt, it was definitely, uh, the statement was, no, 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 no. Like, don't, don't worry. We're not going to put out some super glossy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're, what we're going to do is actually go make, the record that maybe I wish Nevermind had sounded, right. that it, right. I wish it had sounded more like this. Even though, you know, all due respect to Butch Vick, he did a fantastic obviously. job. And obviously. Obvi- yeah, ob- obviously. And, and even in the Conan interview, Albini says, oh, Butch and I were kind of, it was like a friendly rivalry, you know, in, in a way. <laughs> like they were, because they were both kind of considered the two top, you know, non-glam, like rock guys at mm-hmm. the time. Uh and uh, so, like, if you couldn't get one, you would call the other. Kind of. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, um, I will leave with one more clip. This new reissue comes with tons of live recordings. Nice. Um, most of which I had never heard. Um, so, like, just, I don't know, I want to say, like, 60 tracks. Oh, wow. So, like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, a lot of stuff. And uh, I may have even played this song on the... Uh, pod before so forgive me if i have but it's Ah. one of my favorite songs to hear them play live this is a school recorded uh, uh, december 30th 
Oof. No recess. Oof. Heavy. Heavy, man. heavy stuff. Love that. Stuff. So yeah, man. Yeah, right. And that yeah. So go if if you're if you're a Nirvana fan like me, definitely uh don't uh, miss this uh deluxe 30th anniversary. You can stream it now. It's all on so YouTube. Cool. Um go out buy the fantastic you know uh package for the uh, with the vinyl and all the cool extra gizmos and stuff that come with it. <laughs> um, you know, most of that money is going to go to Courtney Love, though, I think. So. Well, yeah. Oh, there was one other. There was one more song that I wanted to mention real quick because I bought this rarity. Uh, it was like All Apologies CD single. Okay. Okay. Um, I but I, it, I had to get it. Like, I think I bought it at this like rare CD store in Georgetown. I think this it's in Adams Morgan now in DC. It used to be in Georgetown. It's called Smash. Um, okay. Anyway, uh, so I bought this. It was like probably like twenty five bucks or something that I like plopped down. For I didn't really like think about it <laughs> for a single, right. but it had it was just so cool. It was so cool, you know, and rare. Yeah, and it was like a German import or something, and it had another song on it, and the name of the song is "Moist Vagina." <laughs> what? I don't know if you ever heard this one. No, and I, I, I wanted to play. I wanted to play that, but because it's a really cool song, but like it's just. You'd have to beep a lot of stuff out. Uh-huh. Sure. Uh, Take but a I do on recommend your own time, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do though. It's 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 just more of it's more it's like more in utero. Like if you've never check if you've never heard it, you gotta. Nice. You know? Yeah. So But yeah, that's Sweet. it. Sweet. Sweet. It's quite a quite a pivotal album. For nothing else, man. Oh, yeah. Like the sixty new live tracks just blows my mind. Yeah, I love Nirvana I Live, know. man. They're so good. <laughs> yes. Super yes. Good. And yeah. Yeah. Indeed. And uh yeah, so uh, enjoy. Will do. Beautiful. Will do. All right. Nick, I believe you're up. <clears throat> Is no, that right? I, I think it's Jay, actually. Is it Jay? Did Tis I get the order me. mixed up? Tis me. Okay. Jay Rome. Thank you, sir. Um, Handing it off. So, hey, guys, I don't know if you've seen or not. If you've turned on the internet in the past like month, you've seen mm-hmm. the band, the Talking Heads, trotted out in front of you. Um, yes. Yeah, what's the deal? What's going on with them? So, <laughs> what's it? What's the deal? What's the deal with the talking head? Uh, no ooh. one heard of them, and now they're back all over the place. They <clears throat> they uh-huh. re-released their uh, very important and seminal concert album called Stop Making Sense, which was, I think it came out in 87, okay. 86, 87, something like that. Um, right. And they remastered it, remastered the album, and they are showing it in theaters now. Which is very cool. Uh, right. Very cool. Okay. Have you guys seen Stop Making Sense? No. Never from the beginning, but I've definitely oh, seen really? a lot of clips. Oh, well, you yeah, should do yeah, yourself yeah. a favor. It's really good. I mean, it's really good. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, and like, a, like not, I don't get it. The critics give it a lot of applause for being a kind of a groundbreaking concert film. I, I don't know about all that. I just like the performances. The performances are really good on it. And they showcase a really good band kind of like at the peak of their powers um mm-hmm. uh so yeah that's right. that's why they're all over the news and you know they're they got the boomer power behind them <laughs> you know the, right all the boomers want to see the talking heads and hear about the talking heads and talk yeah. about the talking they heads. have money and they have money now and they got the money now so <laughs> <laughs> i think that's why they're why they're all over the place and you know i kept seeing them and i i like the talking heads i've never been like an ardent fan but I did want to talk about them because the more I kept seeing them, I kept thinking about them. And, and there are some like really key classic 
Talking Heads tracks that I've learned to love over the years. I, I when I when we were growing up, I don't know. Talking Heads were all over like classic rock radio, and you heard Psycho Killer and you know Once in a Lifetime, <clears throat> and mm-hmm. uh, you know mm-hmm. a couple of Take Me to the River stuff like that. Um, and they never really did anything for me. Any of those any of their singles never really did anything for me. And I never really understood them as a band band kind of until I got much later into my 20s. Um, and I think when that switch flipped for me was when I heard the album Remain in Light, which to me is their best album by a mile. I think, and when I was putting together this this whole clip, I think I was preparing one of our very early You Should Check It Out episodes where we focused just on one album. I think I was right. preparing to do a whole episode on this particular really? album, mm. um, which is because when I kept pulling together the clips, I was like, have I talked about this on the podcast already? But no, I think it's just a bunch of notes I already had in my head. So anyway, okay. um, Remain in Light. It, it has the, the hit Once in a Lifetime on it, but it's really super cool album. They were going through this phase where they were really influenced by Fela Kuti and like Afrobeat. Oh yeah. And yeah. really big into like tape loops. So all of the nice. all of the basic tracks for these are based around tape loops, percussive tra- tape loops. Um, and then they would get grooves going and record parts of those grooves and then loop those grooves that they found. So they kind of layered it like that, but it's all a bunch of wow. loops. And then the vocals are just phenomenal on top of them. So wanted to play just one track from that. I could play the entire freaking album because it's great. Uh, huh. You should go listen to it if you're not familiar, but uh, this is probably my Remain favorite track. Remain in Light. Remain in Light. Right. It's so great. This is the second track on there called Cross-Eyed and Painless. Check it. Oh, yeah. I know this one. Lost my shit. so cool right yeah it's good stuff i uh threw that album on today and i was dancing with my daughter ava to today it's good oh, stuff. Nice. It's just the greatest dance music it's, it's fantastic yeah so the, the the actual movie stopped making sense that back out in theaters you can go see it now if you want to it's kind of cool in the the way they present the whole concert it starts with just david byrne walking out onto uh, the stage with just a boom box and he hits play on a cassette player and it starts playing the the drum track uh, for Psycho Killer. And he just plays Psycho Killer acoustic and vocals. And then I think the next song, like Tina, the bass player comes out and plays with him. And then the drummer comes on and they play the next song. And they keep expanding the band throughout the course of the, the show. So that by the end, you have background singers, you have like dancers, you have 
David Byrne in his big suit, you know, got the whole thing. Uh-huh. It's great. It's fantastic. Um, so it's kind of cool the way it builds. I wanted to play a song from Stop Making Sense. This is towards the end. And uh, this song is called Girlfriend is Better. And one of the one of the really cool artists that they bring on to augment this, augment the sound on keyboards is Mr. Bernie Worrell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, from Parliament, Funkadelic. Uh, okay. And uh, he actually plays on Remain in Light as well, but uh, mm-hmm. his stuff on this Stopping Since album is, is really fantastic. So this is, uh, this is a little bit of a song called Girlfriend is Better, and uh, this is from the middle, so you get to hear a bit of uh, Bernie Worrell's cool keyboard sounds in the middle of it. Check it out. Excellent. When was that concert? I think it was 85 or 86. It, yeah, this 80. is one of those bands that like, I've known forever. I feel like even when I was young, how influential they were, mm-hmm. but, but also never really latched on to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this, I'm going to give this, would you say remain in silent? Remain in remain. light. Yeah. Remain in light. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, You'll probably recognize the cover. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's like kind of Warhol-ish. It's a it's a quick yeah. listen too, which is nice. It's like thirty five minutes. It's really short, but uh, nice. there's a remastered version with some extra tracks on it, which are definitely worth checking out. So yeah, I, I think they are like a super influential band. If you look at like kind of the bands that are out now, they oh, kind of yeah. made like being white and nerdy, and yet still like super hip, cool. Like I mean, they they yeah. kind of were like the, the original like the- hipsters. Honestly, I brought some art, some of the art scenes with them. Yeah. Yeah. But they pulled it off in a really genuine way. Like it's not like it is affected. Like they, they are nerdy white kids, but they, they, they launch themselves into this music and they pull it off really, really well. It's like surprisingly well Mm -hmm. to me. Right. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, it's where Radiohead got their name, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. I was just going to say that like certain bands, like if, if, when I hear like bands like Vampire Weekend and like yes, Franz Ferdinand, that's exactly the band. Yeah, like like those yeah. kinds of bands, um, for sure. Exactly. But there's many, 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 many others. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, Jay, I want I want to give Jay a, pl- a chance to to play his last track and kind of round out what he was going to say. But then I, there's some I have some some things I wanted to add. Yeah, awesome. About okay, so last one I want to play. This is this might be my favorite Talking Heads track, aside from the stuff that's on Remain in Light. This one's great. This is off their last official album um, called Naked, which is not a good album at all. I don't think the band was kind of disintegrating at this point, but. Uh, this one particular track on here is just so brilliant. Um, again, they pull off this like Afrobeat, like very African sounding electric guitars, very clean. It's just such a good dance song. And the cool thing about this is that, uh, Nick, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, David Byrne, was, he was born in Scotland, but okay. their parents moved to the United States and they settled in Arbutus, Maryland. Arbutus. So from the age of like eight to sixteen, he lived in Arbutus. I feel like I feel like this was part of the UMBC lore. Yes, that's right. Nick yeah, and I went to school yeah. at UMBC and and that's there in this tiny Which, town, yeah. suburb town of outside of Baltimore called Arbutus. Universe, University of Maryland beside Catonsville. That's right. <laughs> right. So wow. uh, and so there's like this lore that maybe this song is about Arbutus because Arbutus is some kind of Native American translation for the word flowers and um this whole song is about it's really clever it's about um a person from the future a a dystopian future where the entire society has crumbled and there's no more buildings anymore and there's no more technology there all the highways have disintegrated and it's all just nature and flowers and waterfalls and he misses the pizza huts and the billboards and he misses the old technology and having a lawnmower. It's a really super clever song. Um, and then the song is called Nothing But Flowers. It's uh, pretty awesome. Check it out. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, this is all looks nice and everything, but man, how am I going to get rid Cut, of this grass? Cutting the grass with these rocks suck. <laughs> Greg, what you got, oh, buddy? That's funny. 
Oh, well, uh, just a, a few notes about Remain in Light is that uh, uh, it was produced by Brian Eno. Right. That's right. Yeah. Which is kind of which is kind of a, an, an interesting detail. And that uh, Adrian Ballou played on it. That yeah. is also very correct. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the reason I wanted to bring that up is that la- uh, two years ago, maybe I want to say, this band Turquoise, who I've mentioned on the podcast, which is now um, officially kind of done, um, these guys were based out of Brooklyn and they were uh, very influenced by Talking Heads and, very, and doing very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Funk Arc and Turquoise were sort of like in the similar circle. They actually linked up with Jerry Harrison, who was one of the, like the four. He's a uh, official member of the Talking Heads, right? Yeah, yeah. And Adrian Ballou, and then they were doing a Remain in Light. That's full, right. Uh, that's right. Tour. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now Turquoise has disbanded, but uh, their bassist Taylor has actually subbed in for Red Knots. Oh no, kidding. Oh, cool. Uh, oh nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's a he's we a great dude. We want Jelly Willie. We want Jelly Willie. Nice one. We want Jelly Willie. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And uh, so he he he's a, a great player. Um, and uh, anyway, but he was do he was so he was touring with Adrian Ballou. That's for a while cool. there. Nice. And uh, they that band has now they split up, but a lot of the guys formed a new band called Cool Cool Cool. Hmm. Three of them. Um. Yeah. And they, I believe, might have been doing some stuff with uh, the Jerry Harrison and Adrian Blue. But in any case, there's that. And I also wanted to talk about this one very briefly. Uh, my bandmate in the funk arc, Will Rast, mm-hmm. he was also playing in Antibalas. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the, I've brought them up on the pod a few times. Uh, they're a band that's been around for over 20 years from Brooklyn. Inspired by, uh, influenced by Fela Kuti doesn't yeah. really even. They're like almost a tribute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, although even though they do, they, they're not a tribute. They do m- m- mostly original music, but they're very much primarily like, influenced. Yeah, they're based like their whole uh, lineup is like a mirror image of. Oh wow. Fela's you know instrumentation or whatever, um, but there was a very special event. Uh, that Will, in particular, well, they were all excited about, and it was a tribute to David Byrne. Oh, wow. I guess uh, at Carnegie Hall. Oh, wow! Okay. And uh, yeah, so there were a bunch of guest artists on it, including like Thievery Corporation from DC and uh, like Billy Gibbons and Steve Earle and wow. that band Sleigh Bells. Uh-huh. Um, Sharon Jones. I don't know if you ever heard Sharon Jones yeah. and the Dap Kings, but like, um, so all these uh, musicians. Uh, we're going to perform Talking Head songs for David Byrne at Carnegie Hall, like with wow. him in the audience. Mm-hmm. And they had a rehearsal, uh, like a like a rehearsal gig at City Winery in New York. And Funk Arc was playing a gig in New York, and Will was like, if you stay an extra night, I can get you into the the show at uh, the, uh, not the Carnegie Hall one, but I can get you into the rehearsal show. Oh, wow. Which is probably going to be even cooler. Yeah. yeah. You know? And I was like, I was like okay. Loose. So I went and it was really awesome. Nice. Um, wow. Like, it, Quest Love was there. It was, it was like not that many people, you know, and wow. I got to meet Sharon Jones. Um, and, uh, but he was, so, so he was like playing Talking Heads music for, you know, a <laughs> month leading up to that. You know, we, we, we traveled a lot together. So that was like one of my main Exposures to yeah yeah like that, a dip that, to, in the Talking to, Head pond yeah yeah 
Yeah. So anyway, that's uh, that's what I wanted to add. Yeah, that's awesome. They're, they're a multifaceted band. You can come at them from a lot of different different angles. Some people like them for uh, kind of their early, you know, kind of punk slanty stuff, and some people like them for the right. middle period stuff, and some people just like David Byrne. Um, you know, it's it's great stuff. They're a very cool band. Very cool. So he's always he's always thinking of something new. He is that he guy. Is. That's great. Sweet. Speaking yeah. of always thinking of something new, Nick Klein. Mm-hmm. What you got for I got us, something buddy? really I got something really old actually. Oh. And right. this was this was not my idea. Friend of the show, uh Eric Lenhart. Hey. Sent me a yeah. What up, Padre? So, uh, yes, he, he made the uh news yeah. with Nick theme song. That's yeah. right. Um <laughs> uh, yep. Um Can't forget he that. Got a random text yesterday um uh, that just said I'd be curious if you guys mentioned the new Beatles song in the podcast. The new Beatles song. That's right. And I said, new Beatles song, you say? Oh, you hadn't heard about this. No, no, no. (laughs) I hadn't. I hadn't. Nope. And then I quickly Googled it and I was like, ooh, AI assisted. And he said, yeah, it won me over by the end. That's, that was his, uh, uh, and then he said I could see it fitting on Revolver, which we'll get to that. So I kind of dug into this and, and I'll be honest, especially coming into the show, coming into to doing the show with you guys always had mad respect for the Beatles. I definitely listened to all the albums and knew each album that I put on. I'd recognize 90% of the songs um, because it's always been around. And my, my cousin growing up was obsessed with the Beatles. And so it was always playing. So very much appreciated them, but it honestly wasn't until watching get back the Peter Jackson, get back documentary um, that you guys talked about, you know, like a hundred episodes before I got around to watching um, and th- that I, that I really kind of got captivated with like just who these individuals were and, ah. and the journey as like a band and to see them after Epstein had died, like that whole documentary was just so interesting. Cause you spend, you know, w- what equates to like 20 hours in the studio with them. Yeah. Really just kind of experiencing what they're experiencing. Um, super cool documentary that that's, that's worth noting. And as part of that documentary, one of the things that made it possible because this footage had always existed was the Peter Jackson, right? Just kind of still living, living sweet off of his, uh, uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, <laughs> uh um, films had basically put a lot of time and money into developing, um, using essentially AI al- algorithms or, uh, uh, algorithms that could learn based on how well it would perform, how to basically deconstruct these very old, uh, audio uh, recordings from th- this studio that these big mics in this massive uh, airport terminal of a studio mm-hmm. um, to be able to extract out the conversations that were happening, you know, all the way across the room. Mm. Um, mm. And and as part of the, and basically in developing this algorithm, which kind of let him get a lot of those audio tracks so that you could they could be turned up loud enough so you could hear it as you're watching this movie uh, or the documentary. Um, Apparently, they turned this on uh, a track that had existed and has always kind of been been out there. Um, in the 90s, I guess, when the Beatles did their anthology mm-hmm. uh, album, as part of that, this was news to me also, um, they had released two additional songs, uh, Free as a Bird and Real Love, yeah, which, I, right. which I have not <gasps> I have not gone and listened to. What? I know, I know. I, <laughs> hey... I'm here to. I'm. I'm not coming to you, you guys pretending like I'm a beat. Solid listening. Uh, listening list. I know. For the next week. I know. <laughs> I, I'm. I'm. I'm coming to you as a humble, uh, recent, like uh, really, really into this stuff now. So sure. I'm very excited. 
these all came out of demos that Lennon had recorded mm-hmm. uh, in the late seventies um, uh, before he was before he was uh, assassinated in, in nineteen eighty. Those two songs, "Free as a Bird" and "Real Love," I guess the demos were of high enough quality that the remaining three Beatles added their parts to them and made new Beatles songs. Right. Uh, but this track that they that they that that this third track that that existed called "Now and Then" um, was too. It was. It was poorly recorded. It was John on with his piano, but there was an extremely loud hum throughout <laughs> the whole recording, and they couldn't isolate his vocals. Right on. So, with this recent Peter Jackson technology and um, somehow finding yet another incredible payday to capitalize on, <laughs> um, this guy's smart, man. Hmm. He, I guess, I don't know how the conversations ensued, but he took that demo that... Um, now and then demo that they couldn't extract Lennon's audio from, applied his algorithm to it, maybe ran through a few more cycles to clean it up, and got out a John Lennon vocal track. Yeah. The other thing was that Harrison, back in the 90s, he had actually fiddled and recorded some guitar parts for it, right. but ultimately thought, like, the song's too, it's like too much of a downer, or whatever he thought, I don't know. Um, so they had George Harrison's track, because he died in early 2000s, and so good old Paul and Ringo, still kicking, <laughs> mm-hmm. still doing it. Uh, they went ahead and, and laid down some additional tracks. So this, my first question to you guys is, is this a Beatles song? Hmm. Good question. I mean, it's the Beatles name next to it. It is the Beatles <laughs> name next to it. How's all of this feel so far? I, I, I mean, I, it's as much of a Beatles song as... Free as a bird and real love were, I think. Okay. So, yeah, sure. Why not? All right. That's me, Greg. What do you think? Just the fact that it was, it's written, this demo was written in like 1977, right? Yeah. 79, I think, is when he recorded it. Or 77. Yeah, it definitely wasn't for, it wasn't Beatles material. Way post Beatles. So then why is it, you know what I mean? Like, if it had been, if the exact same thing had happened, uh, I guess if you, if you had this demo and it was just John Lennon's demo, but he had written it in like a little bit closer to the Beatles era, I feel like yeah. seven years after, or however long, when did they break up? 69? 70? 70, I think. Yeah. 70? Yeah. So to me, that's seven years removed from when they were actually a band. So even though like they've all contributed to it, I don't know. It doesn't. So you don't consider Free like as a Bird or Real Love Beatles tracks either? I mean, I don't know. Is that, same story with them. Were those them? Same were those, same those, demos, right? Same. Oh, really? I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying. I feel funny about. I'm, it. I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, because again, it's like the 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 time. It doesn't fit the timeline. Yeah. That's all. That that's that's my. It doesn't exist within Beatles canon. Right. No doubt. However, however, if if you were, let's say, you'd never heard the Beatles. Right, like you're like an alien from another planet, and you played them this. I mean, it's not that far away, but it's still not. Well, maybe we should play it. Yeah, I think I think we should. I think we should okay. play. It. All right. It's all because of you 
Jay? So, well, okay, so calling it a Beatles track because the Beatles are calling it a Beatles track is where I'm going to stop calling it a Beatles track. Because it doesn't sound like a Beatles track to me. Much less so than Free as a Bird and Real Love. Like, I think those were much closer to the Beatles sound for whatever reason. This, uh, this to me, I don't know. It doesn't ring as a Beatles song to me. Um, but I, I'm also terrible with this kind of stuff. I'm on record for having disliked the Beatles for until I was like 21. So <laughs> not disliked, but like hmm. thought they were overrated until they were 21. So I could be very wrong on this. And this song might be an eternal classic, but um, it to me, it doesn't sound Beatles-y. It sounds like a John Lennon track. That's what I was going to say. It's like, this is to me more of like a John Lennon solo yeah. material song. Have you listened to the whole thing? I have. Yeah. I haven't. I, I haven't. I got about this far. They're actually talking about it on Howard Stern uh, today. <laughs> there's um, a there's a cool arc that happens at the end that um, that I definitely felt like. So I've listened to this dozens of times. Um, okay. I, I really like this song. Cool. It, nice. It, but, but I it's like also, it too. I, I, it's I, also. It's it, it and and honestly, like I'm sorry. Go ahead, Craig. Go, go ahead. No, all, all I was gonna say is that I do like it so far. You know, I, I'll, I'll, fin- I'll I promise I will fin- finish the song. <laughs> but uh, but but yeah, what I've heard so far, I, I, I it does sound good. You know, I, I sent I sent a, a there was a Guardian article that was like, here's what some Brits think, um, and it was kind of all over the place because I, I I listened to it numerous times and. The one thing that was kind of, it, it does, it, it really made me think just about John Lennon, um, like the other Beatles. I, I think the cool thing is that because George had put down some guitar tracks, that you can definitively say this is all four of them performing on this, right? Mm-hmm. So like that that's that's kind of neat um, because it really does, it, it's interesting because this is John essentially at our age. Um, like this is what he's writing. Yeah. Right? Um uh, but for whatever reason, this is one that Yoko, one of three that Yoko thought you guys should have these. Like these were mm-hmm. these were songs that that almost like if you had gotten back together, this probably would have been ones he would have brought to the table to you guys. That's cool. Um, yeah. And so it so the thought of like what if he hadn't been shot and what if you know he calmed down in his fifties and they all kind of did another set of of uh, did another album and and would it have been like a little cringe and would it have been you know, 50-year-old versions of themselves doing music that had different tones and different timbre and 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 maybe were a little sadder or bittersweet, maybe. Um, but it was cool to, having having sat through all of that footage, uh, or having watched Get It Back, rather, um, and kind of seen where it dissolved and fizzled, mm-hmm. and then hearing this song, I don't know, it all felt, it felt like a really good end cap to that, uh, to that experience. Um, that's super cool, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And a cool story. But I, but again, I, I don't, I also admit to, uh, I don't have the emotional, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't been like a, like a fan that wants to like dig into new stuff uh, for very long at all. So I also am not offended by this as an idea uh, where I could see that with, nice. with, with, with bands that I maybe did have a longer yeah. love and affinity for. I don't want you to think that I am offended 
by this at all. Like I Mm-mm. no, like I think, it's, I think it's Implying, very cool. But, and they can yeah. do whatever they want, you know. Um it to me it just the the pack like it just didn't feel beatly to me. I, mean, I don't yeah. even know what beatly means. Um You but, know it like, when you hear it. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm gonna keep listening to it. I like the song, so it's it's cool. And I did like the the way they wrapped the song up. It was a very beatly way to in, to rap the song. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And the way that like they, turn the, melo- they turn yeah. the melody yeah. with the word, like he uses the words from one part and the melody of another part was yeah. like, so Beatles. Yeah, cool. Uh, it's very cool. So that's nice. what I got. All right. Yeah. Well, boys, this has been a lot of fun. Yes, it has. Indeed. Listen to a lot of good music. Mm-hmm. Greg, before you get out there and catch some more waves and listen to some more excellent, yeah. refreshing background music, yeah. Um, Indeed. Why don't you tell that the fine Hawaiian folks? Shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly just Hawaiian. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hawaiian. Steel guitar with reverb. Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell the fine folks how to get in touch with us? Should they do choose to, choose to do so? You got this. Uh, I, may I get the background music back? Though? Oh, mm. absolutely. Yeah. I yeah, wouldn't have it any other way. Blew out your way back outside. Uh oh. Cocktail's calling. There we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You can find us online at youshouldcheckitout.com. Send us an email at ysciopodcast at gmail.com. Mm. You can find us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. Our X handle is at shouldcheck. Listen to us wherever podcasts are heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave a review, and as always, tell a friend, you should check it out. Yes, you should. And I, always I kinda, I kinda say aloha. Aloha, oi. Aloha. All right, folks. Well, wherever you're at, whether you're in Hawaii or uh, central Wisconsin, um, mm. hope you're feeling well. Hope you're doing well. And we'll see you back here next week. How about it? Happy birthday, Jay. Hey, thank you. Yeah, man. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.